Welcome to Dividend Stock Talk, brought to you by the 10MinuteTrader.com, with your host, Mr. James Gaudino Sr., where he talks about dividend investing for weekly cash flow. Now, these are live trading sessions. If you'd like to follow along, please do so. If you have any questions, let us know. Now, without further ado, if you want to collect some cash flow using dividend stocks, here's your host. Good morning, everyone. Today is another day, a wonderful day. It is Thursday, January 21st. This is James from Dividend Stock Talk, brought to you by the 10MinuteTrader.com, where we talk about investing in dividend stocks for weekly cash flow. Now, let's try to get this in quick because the premise of our whole, I don't know, our whole business plan is showing people how to increase their dividend returns exponentially in less than 10 minutes. So let's uh, just jump on in. Um, basically, if you caught us on yesterday, you say basically nothing to do yesterday, and today is another day where we have nothing to do because all our cash is tied up in the six positions, seven positions that we have. Let me quickly go over them, and we'll quickly run down and see if there's anything we can do today or anything we should do today. Um, remember, um, our main focus is to gain 1% per week, and we're doing pretty good so far. So AGNC is the first one on our list. We'll put that one in. AGNC. Now, uh, those of you following around, I've been carrying AGNC for a while. AGNC started up the year at uh, 18, quickly made a high of uh, 1960, somewhere in that area. You're going to hear me saying this for quite a while, um, at least anyway, for the first quarter, everything, just about everything took a dump in March last year. Uh, the low of the year for AGNC was in March at 625 from there. It bounced up into a trading range, a nice slow escalation from uh, 12 in May to, to 13 in June to, was that, 1375 by August. October, she was at 14, and then December, she was in 15, and now she's almost into 16. It's a nice, slow-growing stock. Now, what position we have here, uh, let's open up, view our trades. We got in on the 19th, which was, what, uh, the other day? Okay, we got 3,000 shares at uh, 15.70, and we're looking to get rid of them uh, at 16.06, and right now, she's at 15.98, so we're pretty close to uh, getting that. Let's see if it's even worth taking a look at selling off the option on AGNC for tomorrow. AGNC, the 16 is going for 3 cents, so basically, no, it's not worth anything. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to make? 6 cents on that deal? No, thanks. I'll wait and just get my dividend and just get on out of there. I've never seen a dividend worth such a crappy amount. Even if I sold the fifteen fifty, which is almost guaranteed sale, that would get me fifteen ninety five, and she's at fifteen ninety eight at the moment. Why would I even bother? All right, so <clears throat> let's get back to where we were. AGNC, we're going to leave it alone because it looks like we're going to be out of that one tomorrow. All right, CL, which is Colgate Palmolive. You'll notice as I go along that I don't know all the ticker symbols. And the reason why I don't know is 
uh, I believe I said this last week, is I really don't need to know because if they're on my list, then they then they um, satisfy a certain criteria, which means they've increased their dividends for a minimum of 25 years. Good, solid company. And there's not one single company on my list that I wouldn't mind owning for a long time if I had to. Granted, that's not what I'm here for. I'm not here for buying stocks, collecting dividends. I'm here for dividend investing for cash flow, weekly cash flow. Because with weekly cash flow, I can have a smaller amount to retire with comfortably. Uh, and I don't even want to get into that conversation at the moment. Okay, so right now we're looking at Colgate Palmolive, uh, which started up the year at 70, 80. It bumped up a little bit, up to 77 in a couple of weeks before it found its low of the year in March, 58.82. From there, she had a nice escalation all the way up to the high of uh, the year for 86 and change. Right in, um, She broke around that area around November, and she stayed there all the way up to the end of the year. And then December, and in January, she just drops for no particular reason. Anyway, I lost a lot of money on Colgate Palmolive, and I'm trying to make up with it. Because she's sitting at 79.62 at the moment. Let's take a quick look at the trade, see where we are. We got 300 shares at 82, which doesn't look like that's going to clear anytime soon. Uh, so, what I did is uh, last week, noticing I'm not going anywhere, I decided to uh, sell off three call options for like a covered call for 59 cents a share. So, at least I'm, ga- I'm gaining some money out of it for this week. I'll probably end up keeping it and carrying it over to next week and see if we can still unload it for the same amount of money. And again, the dividend's coming up, so this thing should be poised to move up. Also, let's quickly take a look at the seasonality on Colgate Palmolive. The seasonality, you know, is how stock normally moves. So right now, we're um, the middle of January, which is in a downtrend for Colgate Palmolive. She has a little bump up, as you can see in the chart, the seasonality chart. There's a difference between charts because each chart looks at something different. Okay, This chart looks at how the stock performs over a 10-year period, year by year. So if you buy Colgate Palmolive at the beginning of the year, by the end of the year, you have uh, almost a 10% bump up, which is not bad from the looks of this chart. But as you can see here, we have a, a little hump in the beginning of January. She, she drops down to uh, the end of Feb, January before she moves up again. So we might have to carry this one. And I really don't mind carrying Paul Colgate Palmolive. I mean, they're a dividend king. Increase their dividend payments every year for 50 years. Actually, probably like 60 or 70 years, but a minimum of 50 years. To make the dividend king's list, you need to increase your dividend payments consistently for a minimum of 50 years. And Colgate Palmolive is there. And if you look at the history, they're a good 100-year-old or more company. Those guys ain't going anywhere. All right. So the next on the list, HAS Hasbro. HAS. All right, Hasbro started out the year at 105 found the high of the year at 109 a couple of weeks later before meeting its bottom, uh, bouncing off at 41. Stayed there for maybe not even a half a day, bounced up and found a little uh, trading range of 72. A couple of weeks later, a couple of months later, she's up in 76, and then she jumps up to 80, and then by um, October, November, she's into the 
88s and then the uh, end of November December she's up into the 90s and now she's settling somewhere in the 95 area but not before hitting a 101 high she hit a 101 high January 14th and then she's been in a little downtrend but she got the dividend coming up so it, it could be a good thing let's find out what positions we got on Hasbro all right, 500 shares at 97.68, and right now she's at 95.49. So she may or may not uh, break through that by the end of the by the end of the week. Okay, it's 95.49, and when again, where were we? Open up those trades again. All right, we got 500 shares at 97.68. All right, now. It didn't look like we were going to make that. So what I did is I sold off the call options for the 9750s, which means someone can buy it from me at 9750 if it reaches that point. Now, the reason I did that is I wanted to collect the 70 cent premium. Granted, 70 cents is not a lot of money, but when you multiply it by 700, that's 350 bucks. 350 bucks just for this week, just for holding onto the stock. And next week, I'll do the exact same thing until she goes above 97.50 or 98 from where I got in. So this is the cash flow that you can gain from this dividend-paying stock. And again, I don't mind holding on to Colgate, I mean Hasbro, for a long period of time. All right, next on the list, MS, Morgan Stanley. All right, Morgan Stanley started out the year at 55, quickly dropped down to the bottom of the year at 27.89 in the middle of March, like everything else. From there, by May, she's in the 38. By June, she's up to 47. By August, she's at 52. Then she just keeps on going up. November, she's at the 64. She closes out the year at 67. And now, January, she's making a new high, 77, 75, somewhere in that area. Uh, today, she's at uh, 74.87. And let's see where we are with Morgan Stanley. All right, we got 700 shares at 76.17, which we are way out. So again, I bought these this this um, on Tuesday, and then I, I wanted to collect a covered call because actually I want to get the dividend, which is coming up in two weeks. So I'm going to collect some premiums before the dividend comes, okay? Uh, so Morgan Stanley, where were we? Hold on. Every time you move the mouse, everything clears out. Okay, so we sold the 76. So we bought it at 76.17, and I sold the 76 call, which means if it goes above 76, somebody can buy it from me. Okay, so if it hits 76, someone can buy it from me, and I'd be losing money because I bought it for 76.17. But by giving someone the option to buy it from me at $1.27 per share... My actual sales price, if I sold it this week, would be uh, 77.27. That's where you add the the uh, the call strike, which is a 76, and the option premium, which is a dollar 27. Now I already collected that money. What I haven't collected yet is the 76 dollars per share. And if she doesn't end above 76 i'm going to continue to carry on until next week and we'll do the exact same thing over again i might not gain a dollar 27 next week but i'll gain something and i can add that onto the dollar 27 to add to my cash flow for the week okay so i buy the stock 
sell off the premium, sell off the premium, sell off the premium until I finally get called out and then I no longer have the stock and then I move on to a different company. But hey, just follow along because my money is working constantly. Okay, 98% of my money is constantly being invested. I don't have money sitting on the side collecting dust. A lot of people say, hey, you gotta have a cash reserve. If I need a cash reserve, I go into my account, I sell off something, and now I have cash and I transfer it. Other than that, it's working. All right. Um, okay, so that's Morgan Stanley. Next on the list is NRG. NRG, I have no idea who they are. <laughs> NRG, I think they're an energy company. <laughs> Get it? NRG? Energy company. That's a pretty cool... All right, anyway. Can you say energy? Started out the air at 38. Made high at 40.25 before hitting the bottom in mid-March at 19.50, somewhere in that area. But from there, she didn't stay there long. She bounced up, hit the 27 for a little bit. And then in, in April, she's at 32. And then by June, she's back up to 37. And she stays in that area for a little bit, dropping down as low as 31. But she stays between 37 and 31, right up to the end of the year. And then from the end of the year, she hits a new high, which is uh, 41.70. Okay, that's the high. All right, now for NRG. Let's see what position we have there. Now, we got into NRG last week on the 14th. Got 800 shares at 41.09. And then what we did is we sold the 40.50, which is less than what we paid for it. But the reason we did that is because we sold it for 75 cents. If you add the 75 cents to the 40.50, that brings our, our new sales price to 41.25 which is, I think, a, a 16 cent profit. But the reason why I'm doing this, because I collected a premium last week for it, okay? So I collected a premium last week, I collect another premium this week. If I hold it till next week, I'm gonna collect the dividend, and then I'll keep doing something with it until it goes past the 4109. So if I collect premium week number two, if I collect premium week number three, if I collect premium week number four, Already, I'm over 3 or 4%, and my goal is only 1% per week. So if I can continue my 1% per week, I really don't care how many times i got to do it because it's going to take me less than five minutes to, oh, oh, look, it's not going where I want. Great, let's sell a call on it. But for those of you who don't understand, hey, I give you the option of following along live trading so you can actually watch what I'm doing, and you can copy what I'm doing. There's so many shares out there, you copying me ain't going to change my results in any way shape or form all right next paa this is that pipeline company um planes all american pipeline okay paa they started out the year at 1870 now this one hurts when i say this one she goes from 1870 as the high of the year and she drops down to you ready for this um three dollars <laughs> that was the low of the year eighteen dollars almost nineteen dollars down to three i don't mean to laugh i feel bad for those people who who bought it at 19 and now sitting at three what the hell am i gonna do with a three dollar stock when i bought it at 19 all right in that case you just hold on to it because they do to pay their dividend and just follow along and see how you can make some cash off of that one all right so paa hit the bottom at three quickly bounced up to five okay so you're not it wasn't at three that long. All right. And it stayed at five for about a month or so before jumping up to eight uh, by mid-May. And then hit a high for the summer. 
I say high for the summer because it didn't retrace back to the 18. A high for the summer of, at, at 12.30, something like that. But then drops right back down to the trading range between, what, at 6 and 8, 6 and 9. Okay, in the end of the year, she breaks out to where she is now between the 9 and 10 area. Okay, she's at 9.70 now. And let's find out where we are. Open this view trades. All right, so I got this one 14th, which was last week. Remember last week, we collected a premium. Okay, I don't remember what it was off the top of my head. Uh, you can go back and look, look at the history of, of the search, of the uh, trades I made to find out. But uh, NRG, we sold the 4080. Yeah, well, I just said that. I said the 4080. NRG, great. Looking at the wrong one. <laughs> hey, we all make mistakes. Okay, um, PAA. So let's view those trades. Okay, PAA, again, we bought that one last week. We sold some premiums on that collected some money there this week we have um we, we held on to the thousand shares we carried them from last week uh, like i said we collected a premium last week this week we collected another one a 25 cent premium and we're looking to get rid of it at uh, ten dollars and fifty cents which is you know four cents of what we paid for it but i got the 25 cent premium this week i got another i don't know 10 15 20 cents last week so that's 15 that's over 50 cents right there just in premiums Okay, so that lowers my cost base. And if I add that to, anyway, <laughs> I'm in profit on that. Okay, I'm in the, the, the black on it. However you want to look at it. So if she settles, if the stock ends up above $10.50 by Friday, I won't carry it for another week and I won't collect the dividend. However, it doesn't look like it's going to because right now she's at $9.69 and the odds of it going from $9.69 to, to $10.51 between now and the close of business tomorrow is highly unlikely, okay? Because the stock just doesn't move that much. This is not a big moving stock, which I don't mind. I'll carry it the next week and I'll sell off the, another option and collect another 25 cents a share, which is another 250 bucks. But if you add them up, you get 250 from this one, 550 from the other one, 375 from the other one. It adds up. Okay. Um, all right. Like I said, TXN's the last one. TXN, that Texas Instruments. Okay, Texas Instruments started out the year last year at 131. It's traveled sideways for about a month or so before finding its low in the year in mid-March at 93.89. Now this one, this is the kind of stock everybody loves to buy at the beginning of the year and just hold on to it. Because listen to this, because if you're not watching, you can at least listen. She goes from the low of the year from 93, and she stair steps. It's like walking up the stairs. Okay, so mid-March, she's at 93. <clears throat> Mid-April, she's at 108. In May, 116. June, 125. July, 131. August, 138. Uh, September, uh, she's high, 146. October 151, November 158, December 163, in the beginning of the year 170, and now today she's at a hundred, almost 174. This thing doubled in price. You're just watching it slowly climb up that mountain. It looks freaking awesome to be on that ride to actually double in a year. That's pretty freaking cool, but who knew it was going to happen? It's a 50-50 shot. What's going to happen between today and tomorrow? It's going to either go up or it's going to go down. <laughs> Nobody knows. But what we can do, we can look at historical performance. How did it do 
and all things being normal kind of life, which is kind of what we have. Texas Instruments, they're not a big mover and shaker. They don't do um, things that have any economic um, implications or economic uh, influences. Okay, the presidency is not going to affect Texas Instruments. You know, people are still going to show up at work. Let's not get me started on that. So, that's basically uh, a lovely company to have. They have great seasonality. Everything's great with Texas Instruments. And again, I wouldn't mind holding it on to it for a long period of time. Now, where are we with Texas Instruments? All right, we bought it uh, on Tuesday at 167.5, and we sold the 170 call. She's at 173.89, so we are definitely going to be called out of this one. Now, well, that wraps up another session. I want to thank you for joining us. If you want to follow along with some of these live session trades, let us know if you have any questions. We can get back to you. And have a great day.